A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Hopefully you had a a great Father's Day weekend to all the uh, dads out there. And uh, if you're not a father, hopefully you had a a good weekend as well. Um, Very pleased that you're with us on the program here. We're going to be talking about uh, what's going on in Louisiana. You know, earlier this, well, let's see, yeah, earlier this month, Louisiana Republicans actually killed a constitutional carry bill. Representative Danny McClintock, who was the sponsor of that bill, talked about the shenanigans that were played in the state Senate uh, to basically put the kibosh on constitutional carry. There were so many poison pill amendments that were added uh, to the bill that he actually pulled his piece of legislation, which was a House bill, tried to substitute uh, constitutional carry as an amendment to a bill that would allow for uh, current and retired law enforcement to carry without a concealed carry license. And uh, the Republican leadership ruled that amendment not germane to the underlying legislation. Yeah, it was um, it was a really slimy and swampy way to uh, go about this. I don't know all of the ins and outs about why Republicans killed constitutional carry. I suspect that it was because um, they didn't really want to have the political fight. But the status quo is so untenable that this is a fight worth having, quite honestly. We're going to get to that in just one second. Before we do, however, Biden's America is crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers, one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation pushing hardworking families to the brink. Hell, just look at the price of lunch meat next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar? could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it. I know it. And that's why you should call it Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, with thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. So let's talk about what's going on in Louisiana. Because again, constitutional carry dead for the year. You still must have a concealed carry license uh, if you want to lawfully carry a concealed firearm. What's fascinating about this, now again, I think that this is untenable. Again, you've got the right to keep and bear arms. You don't need a government permission slip, or you shouldn't need a government permission slip uh, in order for you to exercise that fundamental right. But in Louisiana, lawmakers have said, well, you know, uh, we think this is correct. We think this is proper. We think this is good. Or even if they don't think that's the case, They thought, we don't want to have this fight in an election year. Well, the New Orleans Times-Picayune had a uh, very, very interesting story today about what this status quo looks like. The headline, police are arresting more people on minor weapons offenses, but the arrests rarely lead to jail time. Data shows that more than 90% of those arrested in the discretionary stops are black. This is the status quo. 
This is what enforcement of Louisiana's concealed carry law looks like in practice. As the Times-Picayune reports, last year, New Orleans police arrested 240 people whose only alleged defense was carrying a concealed weapon without a permit, more than twice the number arrested in any year in the last decade. The department has touted the arrests, which its officers have made mostly in Mardi Gras and mostly in the French Quarter, and have said that they are crucial to its crime-fighting strategy. But at the same time, as the Times-Picayune reports, the Orleans Parish DA's office has deprioritized prosecuting the offense, which is punishable by a maximum of six months imprisonment and a $500 fine. 70% of the cases resulting from last year's arrests have yet to reach a conclusion under the administration of DA Jason Williams. Andre Godden Jr., chief of security for the DA's office, wrote in an email to the Times-Picayune that firearms on the street are, quote, undoubtedly connected with our current spike in gun crime, and that the district attorney's office supports arresting people who are carrying concealed weapons illegally. However, he noted the office is, quote, prioritizing crimes of violence, victim crimes, and crimes against society in that order. Yeah, so the DA is, sure, bring the, bring the arrests. Bring the arrests. But what's happening when those arrests are actually made? The DA's office is not prosecuting most of these crimes. And even though, as the Times-Picayune notes, these cases are languishing at the DA's office, New Orleans police are actually increasing their enforcement of concealed carry violations. Halfway through the year, officers have made four times as many arrests on the concealed carry charge as they made in the first half of 2022. Karen Beaudry, police spokeswoman, said the department will, quote, continue to confiscate illegal weapons to make the city a safer place. But as the Times-Picayune notes, the effects of the arrests on public safety are unclear, Legally owned weapons, unconnected to criminal offenses, are returned to their owners. Most people arrested on the charge spent a day or two in jail before being released, and most of those who must pay bail paid $2,000 or less. So, again, this is, this is a minor offense under Louisiana law. It is a misdemeanor punishable by a maximum of six months in jail, been a $500 fine, but rarely are those jail sentences given out, which I, I think is a good thing given that I don't think it should be a crime to simply possess a farm without a government-issued permission slip. But, again, why, are, why is anybody defending this status quo? Not just, I was going to say, why are Democrats? But why are Republicans defending the status quo? Are Republicans okay in Louisiana with a system, again, that requires you to get a government-issued permission slip before you can exercise a fundamental civil right? Are they okay with, again, hundreds of people being arrested for violating that law, the vast majority of whom go on to receive nothing more than a slap on the wrist. As the Times-Picayune reports, from 2013 to 2018, under the administration of former DA Leon Canizaro, more than 83% of concealed carry cases were prosecuted, usually ended with a guilty plea. Now, again, that also likely resulted in vast numbers of probationary sentences, but of the cases closed in 2022, half were simply dismissed or refused outright. Sentencing data shows that even when charges are prosecuted, they're rarely treated as serious offenses, regardless of who is leading the DA's office. Under both Canizaro and Williams, less than 10% of those convicted of the charge were sentenced to even a single day in jail. The rest were let out on probation. So again, what's changed here is that there are more cases being dismissed. But in the vast majority of these cases, even when they're prosecuted, it's a probationary offense. And we have talked time and time again in this program, what happens when somebody convicted of a low-level offense is out of probation, they commit another offense, 
all too often, nothing. Their probation is extended. They don't do any time behind bars. And again, they're left with the impression that they can get away with their crimes. This is one of the problems with creating a criminal offense out of something that shouldn't be a crime at all. We're not going to prosecute these crimes to the full extent of the law. We're not going to nail these offenders to the wall. We're going to cut them a break. We're going to cut them a plea deal. And again, that may be beneficial to the vast majority of individuals who are arrested simply for carrying a firearm without a license because they're not violent criminals. So we would, again, I I, I imagine we would approve of that, right? We don't want somebody who, uh, one of the examples that the uh, Times-Picayune mentioned, a guy from Mississippi where there is constitutional carry who drove to New Orleans for Mardi Gras, had his firearm, and was arrested. He said, look, I'm not the problem. And I think we would agree with that. But those individuals who may represent a problem, who may pose a problem in the future, again, what message is being sent to them when they are arrested, when when they are told this is a serious crime, but either the cases are dismissed outright or, again, it results in nothing more than a probationary sentence? What message gets sent? You know, again, I'm opposed, uh, let's put this, I'm supportive of constitutional carry laws. Because, again, I believe that they are the best way to adhere to the Constitution. But even if you don't like constitutional carry, even if you're not a big Second Amendment person, I don't know why you'd be watching or listening to this program, even those, let's say, who are not big Second Amendment fans, should be able to look at how this law is being enforced and come to the conclusion that this is not a wise use of resources for the New Orleans Police Department, arresting hundreds of individuals on nonviolent possessory offenses, at least half of which are likely to be dismissed outright by the DA's office, the other half not likely to lead to any jail time whatsoever. Again, what's the point here? Why are these resources not being devoted to going after violent criminals, going after people who are pulling the trigger, Increasing the homicide clearance rate or the clearance rate for home invasions or robberies or carjackings. Why? Why are we going after the people who, as that gentleman from Mississippi said, aren't the problem, generally speaking? I think the answer is because it's easy. I, it's, I, I mean, that's, that's, I think, the biggest example uh, or the biggest answer, the biggest reason. Uh, If you're doing a discretionary stop, a stop and frisk, and you discover a gun and that person doesn't have a concealed carry license, boom, easy arrest, and you get to pad your numbers. You get to say, we took a gun off the streets, even if it was temporarily, and that gun's returned to the uh, original owner. Uh, This is a public relations strategy, not a public safety strategy, in my opinion. And again, doesn't have to be this way. Louisiana Republicans had the opportunity this year to change the status quo, to say, you know what, this is ridiculous. Uh, Hundreds of people arrested for something that is not even a crime in more than half the country. Yeah, we're, we're taking this law off the books. If you can legally own a gun, you can legally carry a gun. How about that? It's going to force the New Orleans Police Department to start investigating more serious offenses, to quit padding the stats with tick attack arrests for charges that are likely to be dismissed and Charges that come with very few consequences, even if uh, they are brought to trial. But Republicans didn't do that. And again, I have a sneaking suspicion that the reason why they didn't is that they didn't want to have a political fight over constitutional carry. I would argue all day long 
for a constitutional carry system over one that, again, ends up with hundreds of people arrested on minor weapons offenses that rarely lead to jail time and disproportionately impact black citizens. But that's just me. And unfortunately, maybe fortunately, I am not a uh, state legislator in uh, the state of Louisiana. All right. Turning our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a a case out of Colorado, another state that uh, loves its gun control. And uh, we hear far more politicians talking about the need to put more laws on the books and actually talking about how existing laws are enforced, even violent offenses. But here you go. Headline from uh, Pueblo area. Multiple judges repeatedly give Pueblo man probation after pleading guilty to new crimes while on parole. Yeah. KRDO in uh, Pueblo, Colorado with a story of 25-year-old Zachary Ortega, who was uh, arrested back on June the 12th at a Motel 6, considered a felon in possession of a weapon in violation of Colorado law. Uh, At the motel, KRDO reports, police said Ortega refused to exit a room there. Police eventually deployed tactical gas into his room. He tried to escape through the roof. Pueblo police spokesman Franklin Ortega said he was wanted on three federal warrants tied to being on probation, refused to comply with the conditions of supervision. Back in 2016, Ortega pleaded guilty to burglary. He was sentenced to four years in the Colorado Youthful Offenders System. When he was released on parole, he ended up pleading uh, guilty to two separate felony crimes in Pueblo, possession of a weapon by a previous offender, as well as aggravated robbery, which is a Class 4 felony in the state. In both of those cases, however, Pueblo County DA, or excuse me, Pueblo County District Judge Allison Ernst gave Ortega three years of probation. Both of those crimes, felon in possession, as well as robbery. So he's out on probation, he's out on bond, and he pleaded guilty to car theft in El Paso County. In El Paso County, District Judge David Shakes gave Ortega probation once again. So as Carradio reports, Ortega was on three different probation sentences. While probation officers in both El Paso and Pueblo counties noted that Ortega's whereabouts were unknown last year. So he wasn't abiding by the terms of his probation in any of these cases. And nothing happened. <laughs> KRDO reports for the past two years, DAs and police chiefs across the state have spoken to 13 investigators about what they believe to be ongoing problems with repeat offenders getting probation instead of prison time. Uh, 18th Judicial DA John Kellner said Colorado's having around a 50% recidivism rate out of the Department of Corrections for several years now. That's one of the worst recidivism rates in the entire country. That's 50% of the people being released from prison end up back in prison within three years. That is a broken system. That's putting offenders in our community where they absolutely should not be. Former Denver Police Chief Paul Pazin uh, agrees. Uh, he now was with the uh, Common Sense Institute in Colorado. He said he studies how uh, repeat offenders could be leading to steady increases in crime in Colorado since 2010. He said Colorado used to be a relatively safe state. We can't say that anymore. He says it's well documented. This is the worst state in the entire country for auto theft. We're similarly situated with property crime and with total crime. And by the way, as we've talked about here at Bearing Arms, Violent crime in Colorado has increased almost every year since 2013, despite or maybe because of the focus on imposing more gun control laws on legal gun owners. 2013, the state imposed a magazine ban on uh, quote unquote large capacity magazines, added universal background checks since then. They have gutted the state's preemption law, allowing localities to pass their own gun control measures. They've added red flag laws. They just, uh, Governor Polis signed, I think, what, four 
uh, gun control measures, including an expansion to the red flag law uh, this year. And yet, again, as the Democrats in control of the state government add more and more nonviolent possessory offenses to the books, violent criminals are committing more and more crimes. Yeah, so maybe the answer isn't going after legal gun owners. I mean, you and I obviously know that. And how bad do things have to be? How bad do things have to get before the Democrats in Colorado realize, oh, maybe we've been aiming in the wrong direction after all? My guess, a lot worse. Because frankly, far too many of them are more concerned about you and I owning firearms than repeat violent offenders. Uh, All right. Today's armed citizen story from Louisville, Kentucky, where a a man was shot while burgling a home in the Algonquin neighborhood over the weekend. Uh, According to authorities, uh, this individual, uh, 48-year-old Karingo Luke is also known as Donnie Johnson. That's that's an odd AKA, uh, given the given name. Anyway, uh, Louisville police officers report uh, a shooting, a responded report of a shooting about 520 on uh, June 17th. Well, officers are on the way to the scene. They learned that uh, Karingo Lucas had allegedly kicked in the door of a home and had entered that home holding a lead pipe in his hand. The man who lived there called 911, according to WABE, confronted Lucas, who then lunged towards the homeowner. Uh, that is when the uh, 911 caller filed a single, fired a single shot at Lucas, uh, hitting him in the leg. Officers arrived on the scene. They found Lucas still in the backyard. During a further investigation, detectives used a search warrant to determine that the incident was a home invasion gone wrong. Uh, Lucas supposedly arraigned this morning, or supposed to be arraigned uh, this morning anyway, in uh, Louisville. We'll see if we can find any more information for you in the uh, days to come. But right now, it looks like the uh, homeowner not facing any charges for defending himself against the uh, home invader armed with a lead pipe. Finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, we're unable to do the right thing. Actually, I got a couple of local mentions. Um, So Friday, as I'm covering, trying to cover Joe Biden's uh, latest gun ban speech in Connecticut, we had massive storms come through the area, golf ball sized hail. Uh, We lost power. We had several big, big tree limbs come down in our yard, several big trees come down in the road. My wife and daughter were actually uh, on their way back from a doctor's appointment and they got stuck. They, They couldn't make it home. So uh, I do have to give a shout out to the brigade of good citizens and neighbors in the area who uh, all got out with their chainsaws, uh, cleared the road before Virginia Department of Transportation could even get out here. The roads were clear. My wife and daughter were able to get home. The uh, emergency crews were able to get out and about and restore power to uh, the thousands of folks who were without. So uh, that's the first tip of the cap. And then on it. Just pat myself on the back a little bit. Not not that I did anything big, but I was in the right place at the right time this morning. I'm doing my morning meeting with uh, Tom Knighton, and out from behind my little shed pops these two dogs. Now, I'm used to seeing like hunting dogs around here uh, because you can hunt with dogs in Virginia. And yes, the dog owners do let them off leash and they go running around. And so I'm used to seeing the hunting dogs, but they're they generally stay away from people. Uh, occasionally, they'll come over and they'll want to drink a water, whatever. It's a really hot day. This, these were labs, uh, so they weren't hunting dogs. One of them looked pretty well fed. <laughs> they were both soaking wet, um, and so they were friendly enough. I was able to go over, read the number on the tag, call the owner who lives a few miles from me. He's like, where, where do you live? I told him. He's like, they got that far? 
So able to reunite the uh, the pooches with the pet owner this morning. I feel good about that. I feel like I've done my good deed of the day. Again, a very minor contribution, especially considering today's legit good deed of the day here, where a, a neighbor sell, uh, saved an elderly man and woman from a house fire uh, over the weekend. Uh, this from uh, WHIO in Ohio, uh, a Troy Fire and Police, assisted by a Cast Town Fire, responded to uh, reports of this uh, home uh, that was ablaze. As firefighters and officers arrived, they discovered that a two-story home was on fire. The fire contained at that point at the upper level. While they were working to extinguish the flames, medics discovered that a neighbor, same person who actually called 911 to report the fire, was able to rescue an elderly man and woman who were inside that home before the crews even got there. Uh, medics were able to treat the elderly woman. She suffered injuries from smoke inhalation. The uh, man, however, did not report any injuries. Woman transported to a local uh, hospital in Troy for further care. Uh, looks like the home may not be inhabitable, but the uh, inhabitants are going to be okay. Again, because of that alert neighbor in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Don't know his name, but uh, do know that was, again, a very, very good thing to do. So we thank you, anonymous stranger. And that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as well. If you're a Louisiana gun owner, man, I just, I hope you'll send an email, maybe a phone call to your state representative, state senator, uh, letting them know, again, what's going on in New Orleans, how disappointed you are at the failure to improve the status quo. I, I am so, I'm still disgusted at how that uh, whole constitutional carry vote went down in the Louisiana legislature. And again, this is going to be the result. You're going to have more people arrested for a nonviolent possessory offense that is not even a crime in half the country, more than half the country, resulting in little, if any, jail time, more of a money grab than anything else. And again, I don't think it's okay that the Republican majority in Louisiana apparently okay with this status quo. And I hope uh, you'll be inclined to let them know what you think as well. All right, that is going to do it. For this edition of Marion Arms, Cam and Company, looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow for a 2A Tuesday. Until then, don't forget to check out BarronArms.com, the uh, website throughout the day. We're keeping you updated on all of the latest news and information regarding your right to keep and bear arms. And, of course, it is a very, very busy time. We've got a lot of court cases percolating out there, including one of the Supreme Court. Uh, going to be uh, weighing in conference this Thursday. We've uh, got a story on that at Bearing Arms today, as well as uh, even more information that you need to know about when it comes to protecting your Second Amendment rights. If you like what you see, I'd also encourage you to become a VIP member. Just go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As well. our way of saying thanks, we're going to give you exclusive content because your support does matter, and it really does make a difference. So thank you again. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well. Be safe and be free.